0: Welcome to the City Park Church podcast. We are changing the culture of the city through the message of hope. Please share at cityparkchurch.com how God has touched your life through our messages. Thank you for listening. You can go to our livestream livestream.com or you can go to our YouTube Hallelujah watch all the videos of all the past 6 messages. Hallelujah. Who is our teacher? It's not a trick question. Who's our teacher? The Holy Spirit, and he is in the house. Can you say amen? Amen. The Holy Spirit is here present. He not only lives in us, but he comes in our midst, and he envelops us with his presence. So he is the teacher. I'm just the instrument that he uses to teach. I give a general message, and he specifies it to your individual lives and personalizes it to you because he is your best friend. And how many know best friends want to help best friends? Amen. So he's a helper, he's a teacher, and he's here to lift you up and encourage you and give you hope this morning. Because you are amazing kingdom warriors. The kingdom warrior wages war based on your kingdom of God identity, not based on your identity of this earth. We are aliens in a foreign land. You guys know that? We are aliens. This is not our kingdom. Our kingdom is the kingdom of heaven. And we war according to kingdom of heaven rules. We are citizens of heaven. And so we're aliens upon this earth. Why? Because this is not our kingdom. This is the kingdom of the devil. It's the kingdom of Satan. The God of this world is Satan. So we are here. That's why Jesus said, you are the light in the darkness. You don't need to be light if this was God's kingdom. Right? You are the light of the world, so don't hide your light underneath a bushel or a basket. Let it shine for the whole world to see. Amen? And we've got the power of God living inside of us to destroy the works of the devil. That's what kingdom warriors do. Every day we are destroying the works of the devil. How do we do that? We do that in two ways. We do that by declaring the word of God and by demonstrating the power of God. Everybody say, declare it and demonstrate it. Amen. Amen. So there's two kingdoms. What are the two kingdoms? The kingdom of? And the kingdom of? Good job. It's not a trick question. You guys ready? Two kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. There's only two kingdoms. We are part of the kingdom of God. Now, welcome to church this morning. Good to see everybody's smiling face. Good to see everybody ready to get into God's Word, because I'm excited. Right after worship, we're just getting into the Word this morning. You know, um, I uh, went to Bible school in Oklahoma. We consider that the South, right? But I came from New England, two, two totally different cultures, compared to also the Northwest. So you have the Northeast, New England, Northwest here, and then you got Oklahoma, right? Texas, right? Mississippi. Louisiana, you know, you got all these Southern states. Now, when, when I was going to Bible school in Tulsa, Oklahoma, they said, they estimated that 50% of the city was actually born again. Can you imagine when you went to a restaurant in Tulsa, Oklahoma, if people weren't saying grace over their food, it was not normal because everybody would say grace especially Sunday after church. They got huge churches there, you know, 10,000, 10,000. You got, you know, Victory Christian Center. You got Rama Bible Church. You got Willie George Church, you know, Church on the Move. You got all these massive churches with thousands of people. So once church get out, you better hurry up to the restaurant. You ain't going to get a seat. You guys there? (laughs) And so um, in some of these states, you know, you go to some of these southern states. Church is a tradition on Sunday. It's part of their culture. It's what did you what do you do on Sundays? You go to church. Whether you believed or not, whether you were passionate or not, it's just something you did. Get up, you went to church, and you went out to eat afterwards for some chicken fried steak. Mm-hmm. And I know. I know Don and Jan just came back from Oklahoma because his parents are in their 90s, still alive and... Still loving Jesus. Amen? But Don sent me a huge picture of this chicken fried steak and this little bun in the middle. He 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 said, he sent me a text. He goes, wish you were here. I'd share this with you. Now, he knows I don't like chicken fried steak, but he loves chicken fried steak, you know? I said, Don, that's not even steak. Why do they call it chicken steak? I don't even get that, you know? It's chicken. I mean, German... All right, it's steak and it's fried like chicken. See, I don't even know what it is. I don't even want to eat it. All I know is it's bad carbs. Don't eat it. I'm kidding, kidding. (laughs) Fried, who fries steak? Anyway. (laughs) So in the South, people go to church because it's part of their culture. In the Northwest, oh, I grew up in um, in the Northeast in New England. When I grew up, it was 90% Catholic. It isn't that way anymore. But in, when you grew up in a certain neighborhood, you went to that neighborhood church. That's the church that you went to. So people would literally walk there. Like some cultures here, you know, we have a lot of Russian cultures and they, they walk to their churches as tradition. That's the way it was when I grew up, you walked to your church. And, and everybody that lived in that neighborhood went to that church. I grew up in St. Catherine of Sweden. And we had four masses every weekend. It would be Saturday night, three on on Sunday, and everybody went to that church. It was part of our culture it 's something that we did now when you get a Catholic save, you got a good you got somebody good in your church because they're just used to sunday church it's just what you did and so you went to church and you either went out to eat, but a lot of times you are your mama literally already had. The, uh, the chicken or the roast cooking in the stove, and you went home and you had a big Sunday dinner. I mean, and you invited people over, whether that be the, the priest or, or people or friends, and you celebrated Sunday. It was just church day, and it was eating good day. Sound good, don't it? I'm making you hungry? Ooh, yeah. Come on. Give me some good food. We got some good food after this for you young adults. You got to be 20-something. You got to show your ID at the door, all right? All right. <laughs> now, you guys are living in the Northwest. Church is not part of our culture here. So I, I want to congratulate you for coming this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you for being here. Because you know, if you go to church in the Northwest, you're, you you love Jesus, all right? And, and you're here because you want to be here. You're like, I'm going to church because I need to go to church. I'm going to church because God's word... Tells me to go to church, but I'm just not there just because it's part of my culture. I'm there because I want to passionately get a download from heaven. And I want to worship God. I want to express my love. But I need to continue to be the light in the darkness. And I need to be encouraged. I need to be built up. That's what kingdom warriors do. Kingdom warriors come to church. They come to church with purpose. They come to church expecting to receive from heaven from their heavenly father, from the word of God. They, they come expecting to be refilled from their leaking all week long so they can go out and be the light and be the witness that God's called them to be. Kingdom warriors, we're part of an army, amen? An army of God. Now, church starts at 10 o'clock, right? As far as I, I understand, church starts at 10. Most of you are here, and I'm not talking about our church, I'm talking about the other church down the road, you know? So church starts at 10 and a lot of times people come in late and and shame off you know no guilt but my, my but I want to change that in our church because I want you through this message to understand the value and the purpose of why we have a band up here and singers. It's not just so, you know, these guys can show off and sing and play and there's there's a purpose. Right? And it's not just song service. This is called kingdom worship. There's a purpose in this together as a a congregation. Um, And that's what we want to talk about today. Um, And and one of the main purposes is the anointing of the Holy Spirit and to worship God and just give him due respect for what he's done in our lives. And so we're going to talk about that. I can remember, you know, I love singing, and I grew up singing, you know, my kids sing, Ben's up here, and, you know, Stephanie, actually, she's sick, so pray for her, she's got got a cold, but she actually is, we saw her piano teacher last night at an event, and told her, Stephanie's playing the, the keyboard in youth on Wednesday nights, and she's like, oh, I'm so happy, so we have a, a musical family, so we love music, I love singing, even in the Catholic Church, I, I love to sing, congregational singing, and, um, I, I, I would sing no matter what. My friends would make fun of me. When I went to school, yeah, I'd try and be singing again really loud in church. I'm like, I don't care, you know. I'm going to sing. And I, I'll never forget the first time I went to a church where everybody sang because a lot of times when I'd go to the Catholic church that I grew up in, nobody sings. You know, everybody kind of stands there like, I'm thinking, oh, well, nobody's singing. What's the purpose of even having an organist if nobody sings, you know? You know, you, you had, you know, the lady, she's 90 years old playing the organ up in the up in the balcony, you know. But uh, she's cranking up there. She's been playing for 40 years. And I'm like, come on. If she's going to play and give that effort, we're going to sing. You know? I'll never forget, I went to a, a Catholic church because all churches are different. And it was a Catholic church in Grafton, Grafton, Massachusetts. My cousins lived there. I was spending the weekend with them, and I went to their church. And when I get in their church, their church is packed, and everybody was singing. And I thought to myself, is this a Catholic church? And I was like, wow. I mean, they were singing, you know, to the point where the room is filled with voices and you could, you could sense the unity and through the unity of their singing, the congregational singing, the anointing and the presence of God. You know, and you're like, in the, and you experience God in the midst of worship. You know, when I got invited to the church that I got saved in, in Candy in New Hampshire, um, we were still, back then, we weren't, we didn't have all the modern, we still had the organs and we didn't have all the modern instruments, by the way, which I love, okay? Thank God we're, we're past just the organ, okay? Um, or, or the big grand piano, but I, I just, I love all the modern instruments. You know, I prefer loud, I know some of you don't, that's why we have earplugs in the back, all right? But, um, and, and too loud is too loud, I understand that, But but I love, I love a good worship service. Can't wait to get here for church. Are you guys there? I mean, you know, when, when Brittany or Bailey, you know, this morning, I mean, opens her mouth, it's like, boom, you can tell the presence of God is like, whew, whoa, you know, and you just kind of soak it in, you know, you receive from God, you're in the midst of his presence, and you're like, this is good, thank you, God, for showing up in our church. When I went to that church in Candy in New Hampshire, we were still s- singing hymns back then, and I had sung hymns all my life, and same songs in many other different churches, And, you know, you had the the choir with the robes and you had the procession in the morning. You know, we would all be out in the uh, in the vestibule. Guys know that No, it wasn't was the vestibule and we'd all be waiting for service to start. The pastor would be outside. The vestibule was really small and we'd all have the procession down. The choir would kind of walk down and go up into the choir loft and the pastor would be in the back you know and we'd be singing you know amazing grace or you know how great thou art anybody remember how great thou art we'd be singing one of these hymns i never the, never forget the first time that i went there they're singing these hymns and the presence of god was in this place and they were all singing and literally it was that that sunday that drew me in and that's the reason why i accepted christ as my savior and got saved cuz i was like wow There's something different. They're singing the same hymns, but there's something different about these people. There's something different about this congregation, the unity, the presence of God, the leaving there feeling like I had been been floating on a cloud. You know what I'm talking about? And thinking, oh my gosh, that was the most incredible experience. And it was shortly after that, only a few weeks after that, that I literally got born again, saved, spirit-filled, love with Jesus, knew that I was called to preach the gospel. I mean, it was all because of that worship service and the unity of the people and the anointing and the presence of God during during the song service, quote unquote. It was powerful. So I see the value of church not just the preaching of the word, because some in the Christian world think, well, yeah, okay, get rid of the... Okay, I'll go late because uh, maybe the worship will be over and we'll get to the preaching of the word. And they don't value the worship time. I know that's not us. majority of us, I understand that. But I want us to value the time of worship and want you to see how important it is because some of us are more... We, we more tend to like the music part of the service. And there's some of us that more tend to like the word part of the service because of different personalities and different preferences. I understand that. Um, but I, if you're on the word side, I want you to see the value for the worship side. And if you're on the worship side, you just can't have worship without the word. You have to have both. There's, there's a balance. You can't live a successful Christian life by only coming to the song service and leaving. Because the word not only, the worship is not only a time to connect with God, it's a time where we get rid of all the junk that's happened in the week, all the anxiety and the stress. We leave it at the door and we get in His presence and we get our heart and our mind open to receive the Word of God, which is what? Able to save your souls. The Word of God is able to heal you because the Word of God, the Bible tells us, is like medicine. It's like taking your prescription according to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 and 22. You know, if you get a prescription and you're supposed to take it until it's done according to the doctor's orders and according to the instructions on the bottle, then you should follow through with the prescription. It's the same way with coming to church. The word is your medical prescription for healing and freedom in your life. Come here to take that prescription. The Bible says in Psalm 119 that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So as far as the word is concerned, okay, light my path this week. May I continue to please you, Lord, meditate on you, O God, and may you light my path so I can follow you, obey you, and please you. Show me what I need to do this week, how I need to change, how I need to tweak my life. Let me obey you. Let me worship you through my obedience. Because it's not just about the songs. See, worship is a response of respect. It's a response of respect when the nature and the counsel of God is revealed. Worship is very important. It not only gives God due praise, but it reminds us of who God is and the truth of his word. And so we are warriors. We're not just churchgoers. Congratulations, you're here this morning. You are worship warriors. Amen? You're serious about God. You live in the Northwest. They say the most unchurched section of the country. See, this, this is... You guys know that as we talked about this series, the life that we live as believers is basically a fight day and night because we're living in an atmosphere that is not controlled by God, is controlled by the devil. Yes, we have authority over him, but unless we learn through the teaching of the word and through revelation of the word, we can't understand his tactics and the things that he throws at us, and we won't have the power to fight against those because the power comes through the anointing and through the revelation of the word of God. So God has placed teachers and pastors and evangelists and apostles in your life and and these ministry gifts to unveil and envelop the word of God in our lives so that we receive personal revelation and illumination lighting up our mind lighting up our way so that we're able to see what we need to change in our lives in order to please him our savior and to follow his will for our life which is good pleasing and perfect hallelujah hallelujah And the other revelation that we've talked about this series is that we don't fight against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against people, but we fight against the spiritual forces of darkness that are trying to come at us and trying to steal, kill, and destroy us. So if you get that one revelation that I'm not fighting against my wife, I'm not fighting against my girlfriend, I'm not fighting against my boss, I'm not fighting against my friend, that there is a spiritual reason Behind the argument that's trying to bring division, that's trying to bring disunity, that's trying to cause tension, unforgiveness, bitterness, and death. That there is a reason why. Look at the fight that uh, Jesus had to go through in Matthew chapter 4. As the foundation of, of, of the series, the message, you know, someone would say, well, you talk about the devil, you talk about Satan... Well, Satan is just kind of a mythical character we've kind of made up as an excuse for things that have gone on in the world. Not true. Because Jesus himself, the devil appeared to Jesus himself and Jesus himself spoke to him and resisted him. And here's one of the temptations that the devil gave to Jesus. It says again in verse 8, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. this is what he said, all this I will give you. All this I will give you. This was a legitimate temptation. Why? Because the kingdoms of the world belong to him. Wouldn't have been a legitimate temptation. Because the kingdom of this earth belongs to the devil. So he said, I'll give this all to you. Now, we know that the the father of all lies is the devil, right? So he's not going to give it to you. If you bow down and worship him, he ain't going to give it to you. He's a deceiver. He's a deceptor. He's a liar. He said, if you will bow down and worship me, I'll give you this. Now, here's what Jesus said to him. First of all, he said, away from me. Remember, the Bible says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It's exactly what Jesus did. He demonstrated it here. Not only spoke it, but here in the midst of it, he demonstrated what to do. And then he said, for it is written. He brings up the word of God, the sword of the spirit, and he quotes the word to the devil and says, this is what's written. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Now, if you don't know the word, then you don't have the correct army rifle to fight against the enemy. You got to know the word in order to see where the lies are at and to fight against the lies of the enemy that are coming against you. How do we know the word? By coming to church, by reading our Bibles, by sitting under the word, hearing teaching, listening to other pastors online. You get filled with the word. You memorize scripture. How many, went to, how many went to Sunday school? I bet you some of those scriptures that you learned in Sunday school, they're still part of you. They're still part of me. I remember teaching Sunday school. I never went to Sunday school, but when I became a Christian, I started teaching kids, as you know. All those memory verses that I taught kids for years as a children's pastor, they're part of me. They come up out of me. Colossians says, he has delivered me from the power of darkness. One of our memory verses comes up out of you because it's in you. It's not just a head acknowledgement. It's a heart thing. Hiding the word in your heart so you don't sin against him. How do you do that? Because you use the word like Jesus did against temptation. And you say, when you say, it is written, the devil's like, whoa. He knows the word. Because if you know the word, you know Jesus. You're two in the same. See, the devil wants your worship. If he can get you to turn away from God, he'll have your worship. He promises to bless you, like he promised to bless Jesus, but his intention is to enslave you. He promises to bless you, but he intends to enslave you. A kingdom warrior has made a predetermined decision only to worship God, no matter how the devil may attack with fear, with threats, with promises or wrong advice. The devil wants you to respond out of respect to his fear and false promises. The kingdom warrior's eyes are focused on what God is doing not on what the devil is threatening to do. So number one on your sheets, you guys have sheets there, some handouts if you want to fill in the blanks. We have three things that we want to discuss this morning in this last message. Number one is kingdom warriors worship in spirit. Kingdom warriors worship in spirit. John chapter four and verse 23, Jesus said, yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers, Will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Says God is Spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the Spirit and in truth. So we see that worship is an intimate time when we worship God from our hearts and with the truth. How often when you come to church is your mind filled with the worries of this world and the cares that have happened during the week? And there is a battle for you to get here. Isn't it amazing how Sunday morning, you know, every other, every other morning is, is smooth, but Sunday morning is just chaos morning, especially if you got kids, you know, it's like trying to get them ready, trying to get them out the door. The devil wants you to stay home. He doesn't want you to get here. He's going to fight you tooth and nail to get in this building. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, mm. he doesn't want you to get the word. He doesn't want you to know the word. He doesn't want you to be like Jesus. He doesn't want you to quote the Bible. He doesn't want you to say it is written because this is what Pastor Bob was preaching the other day. Ha ha. I learned it in church. Dang. He was in church again. You know what I'm talking about? You know, that That's what the devil the devil doesn't want you to be. Here. He's going to fight you tooth and nail. He doesn't mind if you get up and go to Sherry's for breakfast. Are you there? He doesn't mind if you get up and go skiing because Timberline opened on Friday for daily operations and there's fresh powder. He doesn't mind if you get up and go in your boat in the summertime on Sunday morning. But when you decide to, to get up and go to church on Sunday, there's going to be a battle. And there's going to be a fight against you. I, don't, I, I sleep good all the days of the week and I, I, this is not my confession, but I don't know what it is about Saturdays. Saturday nights, I need my sleep because I'm preaching in the morning. You guys there? It's like, oh, I gotta get to sleep. Oh, I can't get to sleep. You know, my mind is racing, you know? It's like, and then, you know, the neighbors are partying and outside till three in the morning. I'm thinking, somebody tell them to shut up. Don't they know a pastor lives here my bedroom faces the street? Got church in the morning. <laughs> there's a battle going on for your soul. Doesn't want you in this building. The worries of this world, you have impending rent payments, you got mortgage payments, you got a relationship crisis going on, you got exams or things happening at school, career expectations. And what, what the devil wants to do, he wants to drown out the voice of God with the cares of this world, Right? He wants you to focus on the facts rather than the truth. You can call me on that. He wants you, the fact is sure, I got a rent payment due. But the truth is this, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Right? The fact is, I'm hurting, I'm sick. The truth is, By his stripes, I was healed 2,000 years ago. Are you there? Hallelujah. The fact may be that your heart is broken right now. But the truth is that God will never leave you or forsake you and that he has a good plan for your life. You see, kingdom warrior worshipers worship God no matter what they're going through or how they feel. Mm. Kingdom warriors worship God no matter what they're going through or how they feel because they know that there is a greater power that is at work in your life. And when you worship him, something unlocks in the heavenlies to come down and solve your situation. When you do things by faith, no matter how you feel, you please him because it's impossible to please him without doing things by faith. You, you don't feel like going to church, but you get up and you say, I am going to church. You know, some people say, well, I don't feel good. I'm staying home this morning. You know what? If I, I've maybe in the past 16 years, I've maybe missed two Sundays because I couldn't get out of bed and you didn't want me here anyway, Right? But there's many times where you don't feel 100%. But you know what? I'm going to go to church and I'm going to worship God by faith. And I'm going to believe that the healing power of God is going to work in my body. And when I leave those doors, I'm going to feel 100%. I'm, no matter how I feel. There's so many excuses that we can have that if we would just work through the feelings and the excuses and the raw negative emotions and just do things by faith and obey God, God will meet you there. He will bless you there. He he will come down from heaven and bless your socks off. God loves that. He loves it when we don't follow our emotions and we follow our feelings as the world does. The devil wishes you to acknowledge him and structure your life around the cares of this world. But the truth is the word of God. And when you worship God in spirit and truth, you are declaring God's truth and trusting that God is worthy of worship and will respond in your life in a way that's consistent to his character. Amen? So when we come here and sing, we're not just singing. We are declaring truth. We don't sing songs of doubt and unbelief. We sing songs that are filled with truth and scripture. And you can take these songs with you that are filled with scripture. And if you're not good with memorizing scripture, then start playing the songs. That's why I've been sharing the songs on our, on our Facebook page. They're all on YouTube. Start your own little YouTube you know, account thing and get all those worship songs that we sing and play them learn them, sing them. Through singing, singing is a form of meditation. Meditation is the way that we renew our mind and our thinking. Sing those songs. A new song in your heart and allow them to get in you and come out of you. Hallelujah. I worship God based on his promises, on his truth. Second thing is this. Kingdom warriors worship. You guys ready for this one? By their generosity. Mm. Generosity. The devil hates it when we say it's offering time. That's why the word time. Some churches don't even say that word. People are like, 10%. Because the devil knows that if you can get a hold of being generous, you'll open up the windows of heaven over your life. Where you may be stuck financially for years with the same income, you you get a hold of this generosity message, sowing and reaping message. All of a sudden, the devil is like, dang. Because God comes in and he begins to provide Financial opportunities that you could never provide for yourself. Opportunities and ways to invest in your future to produce residual income. Jobs, raises, bonuses. This is God is in the God is in the business of wanting to bless you because he's a good father. But the way that he does is through sowing and reaping. Through sowing and reaping. So look at this. Matthew chapter 6. Never forget this scripture. This is a scripture that my first sermon when I was in Bible school, when I was in the youth ministry class, this is the the sermon, this scripture I preached. See, you remember those things. I I just remembered that. This was the sermon that I preached in front of all the other youth ministry pastors that are in the class. This was the scripture that I preached. And it says this, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19 says, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Now that doesn't mean you can't have things, okay? But don't make those things your focus. I believe it's okay to have nice things. Can you say amen? Well, you can have nice things because guess what? God lets you keep the 90%. You can do what you want with it, Right? If you can afford the car, buy it. Thank God for where you live. Thank God for the things you have. Thank God for the clothes that you have. It's all because of the blessing of God in your life. But you know what? It says here, store up for yourselves or focus here on yourselves. Store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart Will be also. See, when it comes to giving to church, many people act as though they're giving to a thief. They think it's a loss. But when you give, you're sowing a seed. That farmer expects that seed to grow and produce a harvest, right? So we should give every offering expecting a return for investing in God's kingdom. Amen? You're not giving me. You're not giving to you know, staff. You're not giving for necessarily specific projects. That's where the money goes to and we sometimes designate it. You'll see the whole kitchen is being renovated. Top to bottom now. we need a new roof. You're gonna see roofers out here. Sure, it's going to cost $16,000, $17,000 to renovate that whole kitchen, the roof. This roof over here is going to be redone as well. But that offering, you, f- you give it to the Lord for kingdom business. Amen? Expecting a return. And so that if you gave in the liberty offering last year, it goes towards a building, right? It goes towards fixing things. New appliances. We have a a new gas hot water heater uh, on demand. Ooh, fancy. New floors. New things like that. So guess what? Your giving and your sowing reproduces after its own kind. As you gave into that offering, we said that's what we're going to do. We can't do any landscaping. So I'm I'm sorry for your backyard, okay? Okay? But guess what? You can believe God for a new roof for your house and a new kitchen. I'm serious. Why? Because that seed was planted into something specific for a specific purpose. So the question is, what do you need concerning your housing? You believe in God to, to buy a house, to buy a townhouse, to buy a condo instead of rent. Your goal is to move forward. You believe in God for a new kitchen. You believe in God for new carpet, new flooring. Everything reproduces after its own kind. When you plant corn, corn stalks grow. When you plant beans, beans grow. That seed was specific in that offering and that that goes to that specific thing. So believe God and remind God for that seed sown and believe God for the increase. Giving with a purpose, amen? Giving to see a return. Seed sown produces after its own kind. So the question is, what do you need? What are you believing God for? My suggestion is if you want to accelerate the prayers answered and the project, if you want to see that accelerated, find a need that someone else has, exactly the need that you have and give to it. And give to it. Amen? Hallelujah. I, got, I have a whole list I can give you later if you want. So, <laughs> say, Pastor Bob, I need to sow some seed. I'm like, okay. Because we know this is good ground. Or whatever. Maybe there's an individual you can give to. Another ministry you can give to. Maybe you believe in God to go on the mission field. So what should you be doing? Give to a missionary right? Give to Jim Rogan. Start giving to him monthly. You believe in God to do some mission trips and you have a heart for the world. Give to a missionary. Amen? Seed produces after its own kind. Expect a return. We should expect a return for investing in God's kingdom. God promises him, promises us that if we honor him, he will honor us. Give and trust that God will take care of your needs. So every time we take an offering, you should give in faith and expectation. This is what kingdom warriors do. You prepare your offering ahead of time before you come. Right, Write your check or whatever you do. Take, take a bunch of envelopes. We've got tons of them. If you give by an envelope or if you give on your phone, whatever. But prepare it ahead of time and come to the house of God with purpose as part of your worship. Amen? And the devil's like, okay, it's not just a, okay, okay, it's an offering time. Okay, I got to give an offering because people are going to see me. And if they don't see me on my phone or writing a check and got an envelope, then they'll think I'm a loser because I'm not giving. Just prepare the offering like they did in the Old Testament and come with purpose and say to the devil, devil, you are defeated over my finances because I'm a kingdom warrior giver. I give with purpose. God has planted me in this church and I'm going to give my tithes and my offering. I'm going to give with purpose and I'm going to see breakthrough in the financial realm of my life. Someone say breakthrough. Does anybody here need a financial breakthrough? No, seriously, raise your hand. You're looking for a financial breakthrough or answers for prayers. Just a couple people, that means all the rest of you is independently wealthy. It doesn't, it doesn't matter where you're at or how much money you have. I believe you should always be looking for more because God is the God who's more than enough. He's the God of increase. And the more, that you, the, 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 the more that you can be trusted with, he gives you more. If you can't be trusted with it, he won't give it. So that doesn't matter how much you have. The more you can be trusted with, he gives you more. And, and, if, and if, if you're addicted to giving, God will support your habit. Amen? If he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. God loves generous people and the devil hates it. The devil hates it. He's like, oh my gosh, these people are givers. They've been tithing for 30 years. And I'm not promising overnight success, but if you look at the families in our church alone that have been tithing for years, they are blessed. Financially blessed because of their consistent giving and understanding and revelation of what generosity does in a person's life and family. Man, you know, just it just blow your mind what God can do for you. Amen. God is awesome. Look at Galatians chapter six and verse seven. Galatians six says, "Do not be deceived. do not be deceived." Paul said to the Galatians, "God cannot be mocked." I don't want to mock God. It says, "A man reaps or harvests what he sows." Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. What's it talking about? It's talking about the consistent revelation of being generous, not giving up, knowing that, In the spirit, you are giving to God and his kingdom and the church that he's planted you in and God will bless you. Don't give up. Keep believing him. Keep naming your seed. Keep spitting in the devil's face and laughing at him. Amen? Because you are a generous giver and and God will bless your 90%. Amen? Beyond your wildest imagination. The spirit of God will take care of you. Amen? Hallelujah. Number three. And lastly, closing out the the, the the series, kingdom warriors worship by their obedience. Kingdom warriors worship by their obedience. John chapter 14. This is... Um, This is one of those scriptures that are avoided in most churches. But this is what Jesus said. This is not Pastor Bob. John chapter 14 and verse 23, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and will come down to them and make our home with them. Verse 24, anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Now, our obedience to God should have nothing to do with our feelings. Jesus said that if you love me, you will obey me. A kingdom warrior keeps God's word and his or her life is a reflection. i been in ministry for almost 30 years. I've met many people's lives that are in utter turmoil. Christians, believers. They claim to love God, but they willfully make decisions that are in contradiction to God's word and are consistently reaping the consequences but refuse to change. When you are willfully going against God, there is no way that you can say that you love God. That's what Jesus said. A warrior says this. God doesn't expect us to be perfect. We're all working towards maturity, right? We all have issues, failures and weaknesses, and sin that need to be forgiven Thank God for 1 John 1, 9. Amen. Thank God for forgiveness and restoration. But a warrior says, I'm going to fight the urge to do the wrong thing. I'm going to fight it. I refuse to be a nominal Christian doing the Christian culture thing. Just don't want to check the box. Okay, I went to church this week. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Just don't want to participate in Christian culture, but I want to be committed. I want to give. I want to worship. I want to learn. I want to serve. I want to join my church. I'm going to come to the next step class tonight. I want to change the world for Christ. Because your temporary existence as part of the kingdom of heaven is not long on this earth. We have this mentality that we're going to live forever and somehow, you know, we're not going to die, but we will all die one day. And Whether you're buried in a casket or you, you throw your ashes into the sea, we're all going to die. Whatever you prefer. This old body is staying here. Can anybody say amen? I get a new body. Younger one. Amen? More energy. (laughs) And my obedience is my proof to God that I love Him. Yielding my ways and following His ways. And in our lives, there's certain times where God will deal with certain things. He's like a good father. He won't mention everything all at once and overwhelm you. But as you open opening your heart to him and your mind to him and to the spirit of God, he will begin to deal with certain things by his spirit. There are some big things in life that uh, decisions have to be made. I'm sure some here you have big decisions to be made. Am I going to please my flesh or am I going to please him? Do I want the will of God and his blessings in my life Or do I want to not change and continue doing the same thing? You can't continue doing the same thing, especially when God is is prompting you to make changes and and you know that you should. You can't continue to do that same thing expecting the blessing side of God to come upon you. You got to make changes. You got to say, okay, this is what the word says. This is what I'm going to do. It may hurt for a while, You may have to take some step back concerning some things in your life. It may cause some instability for a season. But what you need to know is that every time you obey him and obey his word, you need to understand that it is a temporary discomfort that's happening, that eventually, because of your faith and your willingness to do what he's asked you to do, He will bless you. He'll turn it around. So I'm saying to you by the spirit of God this morning, don't give up. Because some of you have already made those decisions. And some of you, as the devil has been on your case, bringing doubt. Thinking, why did I do this? I obeyed obeyed God and I don't see the fruit of it. I don't see God coming through. I'm telling you, do not give up. Do not get weary in well-doing because when you do the word thing and the right thing, God is right behind you. And the blessing of God will come upon your life. Your dreams and your heart's desires will be fulfilled. Stay with him. Stick it out. Remain faithful. Serve in the place that he's placed you in. Be that generous person. When you follow God's word, this is what kingdom warriors do. We're not moved by our old nature and our feelings and our emotions. We obey God because we know that he's got our back, that he will provide, that he will bless, that he will open doors of opportunities, that there there are things coming down the road. It may take some time, but I'm telling you, God is already on your case. He's already working for you. Amen? More than you would ever know, he is working behind the scenes. Just don't give up and don't doubt him. Continue to speak the word of God over your situation. Continue to hold fast your confession of faith. Continue to believe him because I'm telling you, God will bless you. God will reward you. He is a rewarder of them that don't just seek him. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. What does that mean? People that don't give up. People that don't give up. Can you say amen? All of us have testimonies of things and prayers that we've prayed over the years and haven't seen results. For us personally, it's been a year of breakthrough. Properties sold, properties bought, investments happening in our lives that we were praying for. We put on that crazy, Pastor Bob, you know, claim your stake thing. It's been on that stake for years. But finally we see breakthrough. Why? Because we haven't given up. Haven't given up. Come on, can somebody say amen? Haven't given up, haven't given up, haven't given up. That was the purpose of the stake. Every time we go by that, we look at it. Say, thank you, Lord. You answer our prayers. Thank you, Lord. We continue to remain faithful. Thank you, Lord. We continue to do what you've asked us to do. We continue to pastor where you asked us to pastor. We continue to pursue what we, what we, we need to pursue. We continue to obey what we need to obey. And God, you will bless us. You will see things through. You will protect us. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. God is a good God. Kingdom warriors. I am proud to pastor a group of kingdom warriors. Kingdom warrior worshipers. Kingdom warriors who are renewing their mind on a regular basis. Kingdom warriors who are encouraging others and making a difference as the light of the world. I I enjoy the whole, since the summer we've been doing this, but it's been amazing. Transformational. Change your thoughts about what church is all about and why we come together and why we exist together as a church and as a group. Here's what we're going to do. We are going to take our offering now. And I, I want you to think about I want to take a few minutes. I want you to think about your offering today. I want you to think about if, if um, you haven't tithed, maybe consider testing God today I want you to think about beyond your tithe your offering today what do you believe in God for what uh, what seed do you want to plant today and believe God for sometimes significant breakthrough takes significant offerings it's all relative Pertaining to your situation. For some, a significant offering is $10. If you got no job, right? For some, a significant offering is $1,000. Whatever it may be, I want to encourage you to give this morning. I want you to encourage you to break the barrier and, and be generous. Not for my benefit, but for your benefit. Because I want to see, it's the greatest joy when we see breakthrough in your lives. The greatest joy when you tell us you're not going to believe what God did for us this week. Some of you that believe in God for amazing things, I know it, I, I know you. I know, know what, what's happening in your lives. And in order to break through, sometimes you just got to break through financially. Because I know that what you sow is what you reap. And if you sow generously, God will give back to you generously. So I just, I just want to keep the generous flow on the go. <laughs> Amen? I don't want to hinder his financial blessing in my life or any blessing for that matter. So I'm going to ask ushers, if you ushers, can you come, come stand up here with the buckets? Let's all stand up. Anybody else? Anybody? First of all, does anybody need an envelope for their giving? Raise your hand up. Let's, let's pass those out First. I like the picture that I put up there underneath uh, the giving push pay thing. The guy has a, his hand out with money and there's a plant growing in his hand. It's a good visual picture. Sowing and reaping. Anybody need uh, an envelope for their giving? If you are here for the first time, the ushers have a white card as well. If you want to fill that out and turn that into the cafe downstairs, we'd be glad to give you a, a free coffee. If you'd like to go to the next step class, which is this, this afternoon, 6 p.m. at our house, you can fill out the blue card as well and let us know that you're coming. We need to know for sure that you're coming to plan for that because we have a, a long afternoon with a young adult luncheon and then that. So the ushers have a blue card as well. can fill that out and let us know that you're going to be there. Are you guys ready to break, uh, break the barrier? to see breakthrough in your lives. There is a huge spiritual component to the offering time. It's not just a physical act. You need to know that it's a a spiritual act that the devil watches and that God receives. When you give, you are causing havoc in hell serious that's what happens havoc in hell because you activate the law the spiritual law of sowing and reaping that the devil can't stop so that's what offerings do hallelujah let's all stand up we're going to give it's going to be a warrior kingdom warrior offering hallelujah hallelujah Grab the hand of your wife or whoever you're giving with this morning husband. Let's pray. Father God in Jesus name we come to you and we we are kingdom warriors. We are kingdom warriors that are generous people. And today we give this offering as a sign of obedience.